1: Hey everybody, what's up? And welcome in to Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you. It is Thursday, April 21st. We are one week away from the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft, and that is what we are going to discuss on this episode of Best on the Board. I've got my good buddy Jake Seeley here with me. You know Jake from all of our great fantasy coverage here at The Athletic. So that's what we're going to do on this episode Screw offensive linemen, screw defensive players. We are focusing on the skill players and the props related to them in this year's NFL Draft. Jake, what's going on, man? (laughs)
0: <laughs> not too much I'm having a good day i was laughing because i don't
1: know if you could hear barkley drinking in the background it's so loud <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he's pumped man he gets it he, she he gets it. get it right she gets it she gets we don't need to talk about tra- linemen or defensive <laughs> players all the time when we're talking about the traffic just get right to the skill guys yeah exactly I'm getting hydrated for the fun talk <laughs> yeah getting hydrated exactly i, I mean I don't know, these receivers in this first round get me pretty hot, so I'm excited. I need to get some water myself talk about all these guys. We're going to go through the skill players. Like I said, we're going to talk about first player drafted at quarterback, receiver, running back. Look at those odds. We'll look at some of the over-unders related to those guys who, for the most part, we know are going in the first round, but maybe there's a guy hint, hint, wink, wink, wink who could be not in the first round or at least late enough in the first round to go over what his over under prop is. So let's dive in here, Jake. Let's um let's start out with some over unders. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's go with some over unders here and let's go with a guy who is going to be an intriguing selection, regardless of when and where he is selected It is going to be fun to see the landing spot for Malik. Willis. He also is the favorite to be the first quarterback selected, minus 155. Then you've got Kenny Pickett at plus 130. So it's really come down to those two guys, Desmond Ritter, eight to one to be the first quarterback selected. But Malik Willis, the favorite to be the first quarterback selected, and his draft position over under sits at 10 and a half. What do you think on Malik Willis? (laughs) I'm
0: going to still lean under. I know there's a lot of late talk, but you know, in years past, I think everybody knows this, or you just say in general, the NFL, just everything the week before, throw it out. It's it, mm-hmm. it's so, you know, th- these guys getting pushed up, these guys putting down what, what this team is interested in, what team is not interested in, this is the hot pick. And there's some things where, you know, we're hearing today as we're doing the podcast, you know, like, nobody seems to have interest in the number three pick. So if the Houston Texans are going to trade back, it would have to be their 13, and that could be more like, okay, that makes sense. There's no interest in trading for the number one. Okay, but, excuse me, the player stuff, like Jameson Williams is getting a ton of helium all of a sudden. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I just like there's a lot of smoke going every single way. So I go to what's been the case all the way up. We all know that Malik Willis is the best talent. He has Mm -hmm. a lot of bust potential. I'm not saying he's a guarantee to hit. You could say that Coral or even Hal might even be safer at this point. But if you look at it and you say, who's the best prospect? Who's the best quarterback? Who's the best potential? It's Willis. And I still sit there looking at either the Seahawks at 9, which is under the 10-5 if he falls Mm -hmm. there, or... Carolina is the one that's throwing me luck. I could see Atlanta doing it, too, especially if Atlanta has hopes that they bring back Calvin Ridley. They might be washing their hands with him at, next year at this point. But sure. you know, Atlanta's, Atlanta's not contending this year. Seattle's basically throwing the flag, and they're they're mm. out of it at this point, too. So that's why you say those make sense for Malik Willis. Carolina is the one where, and this is where I'm going to bring Kenny Pickett into this conversation, uh-huh. is I wouldn't bet the first quarterback off the board between those two because it still might be Pickett at six if Carolina's going to tell themselves – their contenders because Pickett, as of what everybody thinks, is the more likely to succeed in year one. As you know, Beller, what do we always talk about? Like the most NFL ready? Remember Josh Rosen being the most NFL ready? So <laughs> oh, I'm, yes, saying, <laughs> I'm saying that the kind of poo poo at and not on Kenny Pickett, <laughs> but. I still say under Willis, I I think I could see both of them going inside the top 10. I still have a feeling Willis is going to be the first off the board Mm -hmm. in case one of them gets aggressive and wants to try and jump. You know, you could see Seattle wanting to jump Atlanta or even Atlanta wanting to jump Carolina. Like, it really comes down to what these teams think. I think the Giants are in a sweet spot, but I I would say Willis, even if he's the second, I still feel like hits the top
1: 10. So I'm stunned to see both of those quarterbacks, Willis and Pickett, have – Double digit over unders. Mm-hmm. Pickett's just a couple of spots back from him in terms of his over under at 12 and a half. And it's like, you, we see it every year. There are, there's going to be a team who falls in love with the quarterback. There just is. Right. And this is, you know, you don't, it doesn't need, it doesn't take a Trevor Lawrence being on the board for a team to fall in love with the quarterback and make him their guy inside the top 10. And so I'm just, I'm just very surprised, even though, you know, no one's going to confuse any quarterback in this class with Trevor Lawrence. I'm very surprised that we are not seeing a quarterback have and you know Malik Willis eight and a half. You want to say this over under eight and a half, fine. Then maybe I'm afraid of it. But with both these guys being double digits, like are we really going to get a first a top ten without a quarterback in it this year? I don't think so.
0: And you know the the interesting thing too is so I try to read and was going to come into play with another what like player wide receivers as you said hint hint later on. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that were selected to come to the draft, Willis Pickett and Ritter. Uh, you know, Ritter, I just There's questions about it. I don't think he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. But if he he slipped inside, you know, you have the Steelers sitting there at 20. All three of them going inside the top 20, I think. I mean, if you could bet that, which you can't, but I'm just saying, like, if you could bet three inside the top 20, I would smash the living hell of that. Like you said, no, it's not the best year for quarterbacks. But at the same time, the NFL is quarterback hungry and – I gotta just as a conversation point of why I agree with you, and like somebody gets enamored, or somebody's gonna see the potential with Willis, somebody's gonna see the potential. Like again, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, everybody. Just like my article said, yeah. there are traits that look like Patrick Mahomes. And what did Patrick Mahomes do in his rookie year? Sat until the end of the season. That's what we want for Willis. But I'm saying like these teams: Atlanta, Carolina, Seattle maybe even the Giants in the second round of Ritter still there, Washington, like there's a lot of these teams where you blink and you go seven and 10 and have a better year than people expect, and all of a sudden you're out of the equation to get the top two, potentially top three quarterbacks next year. So do you take that gamble? Because that's why I'm bringing the Giants in this, because I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I could see them going Ritter around two if he's still there, and somebody's like, why not just wait for next year? Well, because... You pretty much have to guarantee next year is a clear class of Stroud, Young, and I think Van Dyke can get into that conversation, but that's a sidebar to say, why kick the can down the road not knowing where you're going to pick next year? Right. And let's not forget, Rattler was supposed to be a guaranteed first rounder this year who got yes. benched and now transferred. So all these things can happen where it's like a team's going to sit there and take them. I, again... I think both of them I'm with you i I'm actually surprised, especially because it seems Carolina's getting a lot of the picket talk that he's twelve point mm-hmm. five but
1: yeah I, I think both of them go inside the top ten i I think you can bet both of these unders and feel pretty comf- comfortable that at worst you're breaking even mm-hmm. and then and that you might hit both of them, and it's only they don't need to with, with picket at twelve and a half they both they you don't need both of them to be top ten picks to get to for them to for them to both hit so that's something that i like it almost feels like a free roll uh to maybe yeah, double was, up on yeah. your money with if you get if you get both of them right a fun little uh, piece of trivia i just scrolled back through previous drafts uh can you name who the first quarterback selected was <gasps> in the last draft that there was not a top 10 qb not a top 10 qb uh was yeah.
0: that the brady who quinn draft the,
1: it was ej Manuel. ah in J. 2013. Manuel. And then every draft since then, forget about just top ten. We've had at least a top three quarterback. Yeah, so there every you go. single draft since then. Was somebody before the Brady Quinn that you... year? Uh, uh, what year would that have d- been? I
0: don't know. I, I just remember seeing. Bit. I just remember seeing Brady Quinn sit sitting there with his girlfriend or fiance yeah. at the time, and like that awkwardness yeah. and that we got. It was kind of it was the Aaron yeah. Rodgers,
1: but like it was more Rogers. sad. <laughs> he was. He would have been. He was before EJ Manuel, right?
0: Yeah, that's so yeah. It was 2007. two thousand seven. Yeah. So what was the
1: 2007 draft? Now I got to look it up. Now you got to look it up. Well, you look it up while I bring up <laughs> our next topic. Um, let's talk about those wide receivers. Oh, we th- that was the Jamarcus Russell draft. Oh baby, so there you go, another this, top one quarterback. Yeah, he was this, <laughs> He was the second quarter.
0: Quinn was the second quarterback. It was, so it went from one until twenty-two.
1: There you oh, go, man. There's always, 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 always Corey. Like, I just can't imagine that there's not going to be a team that doesn't take one of those guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw both of them come underneath those props. Let's look at the wide receivers here, Jake, because um, this is going to be a wide receiver heavy uh, first round. Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. Jameson Williams, Drake, London, those guys guaranteed. Uh, First round picks, uh, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, George Pickens. I mean, it's going to be a very fun first round for wide receivers. Maybe not all those guys in the first round, but certainly three, four, five, six receivers possible in the first round. And who knows what happens with trade-ups. Maybe you get some wide receiver hungry teams push. Jahan Dotson, Christian White. It's just going to be an awesome season, or an awesome draft, excuse me, mm-hmm. for wide receivers. Let's look at the wide receivers from the first receiver selected prop. You've got Garrett Wilson putting a little bit of distance between himself and the rest of the field. He is at plus 115. He was neck and neck with Drake London uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Drake London has actually fallen to third at plus 210, and slotting in between them, as you said, Mr. Helium himself, Jameson, Jameson Williams, Williams, who just a couple of weeks ago was fourth, in these first receiver selected rankings now he is second at plus 160 if you were going to bet on one of these guys to be the first one who would it be
0: see and this comes down to there's two things, there's two factors at play is what is a team getting enamored with and then two is where is the need so If you're looking down, you get to Atlanta being the obvious one. I I think a lot of people are talking about the Jets. I don't think the Jets do it with their first pick just because of what we're talking about need versus what's on the board and what's in this draft. So you say Atlanta at eight. So if they don't go quarterback and the Ridley's not the future, do you go with the potential potential alpha London? Or the Williams coming off an injury, knowing you could wait a year, and that he's better than Devontae Smith, but he's still not, he doesn't have that power that London does? Or do you go with the safest, and that's what I say, like, now, for everybody out there, if you go to the draft profiles that I have on the site, I have Wilson, Williams, London, and Alave all in Tier 1, so I'm Mm. not, I'm not poo-pooing again any of these guys but I say for Wilson feels like the safest of all like he's the least likely to bust I think and where London I say has a higher ceiling and I think Williams has a higher ceiling like Wilson's that one that sits kind of in between so yeah. what do you want and it's interesting so I said this to Meany on my other show the over-unders so Wilson and Lunder are tied at 10.5 on over-under And then you have Jamison Williams at 13.5. I would take the under on Jamison Williams, but I wouldn't take him for the first wide receiver. If this makes, because follow me, because Drake London at plus 210 makes more sense for the value and the fact that if Atlanta goes with him, I could see the Jets taking Williams at 10 and London being the what could be the alpha wide receiver in the nfl at eight so like because the they're, they're so close in the first wide receiver value price i'm just going to take the odd like the deepest one at 210 but i feel like williams hits the under and i mm, i don't really like the 10.5 for either wilson or london i know one of them is going to go higher than that yeah. i just don't know which one because it all comes down to teams and if you look at here's a perfect example forget what happened to Ruggs off the field the raiders had their selection of three talented wide receivers and in their opinion their fit and what they liked was rugs and that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying we don't and these teams yeah. aren't going to tell us
1: they t- and they might they- have been they might have been the one out of 32 teams in the nfl that would have taken right. him over the other two
0: you know what if what if atlanta sh- does take wide receiver and shocks us and takes a lobby as the first wide receiver yeah. on the board which you know for betting purposes, plus sixteen hundred, but like, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be over. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I can't believe it, just because people fall yeah. in love with players. So I hope you follow that. That like I would take I London at plus two w- ten at the first off, but I would take Williams as the under and avoid the Olave, or not the Olave, the uh the, Wilson, Wilson and in London ten point five. That yeah, all well, makes I'm, sense.
1: I, it does make sense, and you know what makes like especially if you if you are if you are thinking that no receiver gets taken in the first seven, and with the edge prospects, the offensive line prospects, and you know, like assuming a quarterback gets thrown in there, which I, I feel like we're assuming some team will do that. It does feel like a good bet that we're going to see no receivers in the first seven or so picks, and then like three or four in the next seven or so picks. And, and so right. if, you're really, if you're looking at that, like it does make sense. If you're Atlanta and you're trying to think about that, like if you're if, if you're Atlanta and you and you are moving on from Calvin Ridley post suspension, like don't you want to try to hit the home run with who your wide receiver is going to be?
0: Right, and that's why I can I'm, see Williams. And if it's and if it's not Williams, excuse me, it's not Williams there. Why not the Jets? Like if yeah. everybody really thinks it. I mean, I'm the, I'm the odd man out on the Jets just in general. Like, I'm the one sitting over here and saying, you have Corey Davis coming back in a rebound year, and Elijah Moore in a second season. Why are you going to take a top-ten pick on a wide receiver, especially in this draft? Like, look at the wide receivers that will be there in round two.
1: Mm-hmm. and I'm just.
0: But, I mean, I, like I said, I seem to be the odd one. I seem to be the one that's like, I don't think the Jets make sense, and everybody's like, Jets, 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 wide receiver. Um, but the interesting thing is that if they don't – so let's just say, like, let's say Atlanta does – and the Jets don't, and I'm right. Like Just mm-hmm. for argument purposes. You got Washington, Minnesota, Houston, Baltimore. Does a wide receiver room go to the four teams? Does Washington, you know, yes, they probably need, so Carter Samuel might not work out, but do you do that in round one with all the needs that they have? Minnesota, okay. are they thinking that far ahead with Adam Thielen? Because they have needs too, especially on the defensive side. I think so,
1: especially with NFC, NFC feels so open, I wouldn't think Minnesota's going to do that.
0: Right, and so, Houston, you know, they have a they need everything. Baltimore does. Baltimore's not drafting a wide receiver at fourteen. So, does it potentially? And I'm saying this to say is like, is it possible that we get to fifteen and there's only
1: one receiver off the board? Yeah, I think it is. I wouldn't bet on it, but I think it is. Yeah, so I wouldn't think. I mean, just the betting markets obviously suggest strongly no with two guys. At least who, two uh, over under of ten and a half and one at thirteen and a half. Yeah. The betting markets would be shocked if we had only one through the first fourteen or fifteen picks. Hundred percent. So yeah, that's um that's it's fun. And like you said, I mean it take it's all it takes. All it takes is one team, one trade. To completely flip every single thing that we have thought <laughs> would be true to potentially true for the last you know six weeks that we've been breaking down the draft and the wide receiver position is because of the volume of players that are available and the difference in those players we certainly could see that being the position on which this first round breaks uh, depending we're, we're with all the way all the different ways that that position could be put together. All right, Jake, let's talk about Traylon Burks uh, because this was another one that you uh, you circled for me. You starred, you did all the good things. He has an over under of 23 and a half. You are circling, starring, highlighting, blah blah blahing that as an over or an under? Over.
0: And possibly, you know, this could be coming from a skewed point of view in the fact that I just think he's a tier two and not a tier one wide receiver. I drew comparisons to Mike Williams uh, for fantasy purposes to kind of get you an idea of, like, the boom bust because the concerns are let's coverage just drape on him and his route work isn't great. And you've seen some people where initially a month or two ago were like, oh, my God, he's one of the top three. As you mentioned, even the betting market has come down on it. And the other part, and this is, again, this just might be reading the tea leaves too closely, but he wasn't invited to the NFL draft. So... (laughs) I'm just it. saying, the NFL, they didn't invite a running back, they didn't invite a tight end, and they didn't invite Traylon Burks, they invited, I think, three wide receivers. I, they don't want somebody sitting there for day two. They don't want that to happen to these kids. And mm. I've seen a lot of mock drafts, and you know, there's a lot of intelligent people out there that have started to pull Dotson into the first round and Sky Moore into the first round because of their route, route running and the fits where they had them going to teams like – Packers if they don't do it with the first pick or the Chiefs or even I'm trying to think who else they have in that range like the Titans which whatever with that I saw a
1: a respected mocker I can't remember who off the top of my head have a a Bears trade-up and taking John Dotson with like the 30th pick
0: see and I could even see that because it makes sense against a field stretcher like Mooney so Mm -hmm. I'm saying I think Burke slips to the second round and maybe at best case one of the Chiefs picks. Heck, even if it's the second Packers pick, that's still yeah. over. Even as it's Titans, still over. So <laughs> unless the Cardinals – but I just <sighs> – I, so I, I'm over. I'm over on Burks. I, I I wouldn't even be surprised
1: if Burks is sixth, seventh wide receiver off the board. Yeah. I, but he, that, that's, what, that's what we're talking about with how, like, this position can just go in so many different directions. And it's just going to – like, look – let me just read the the names in order of, of the just first receiver selected. So you would yep. think that that's sort of like the unofficial rankings of these receivers, Wilson, mm-hmm. Williams, London, Burks, Olave, Pickens, Watson. And then you've got bell to Hudson sky more. Obviously those guys are going to be the first receiver selected, but those right. are the sort of unofficial rankings. Like there is, I mean, that, that you could piece those guys together in how, whatever the eight times, seven times, six times, five, like you could piece those together in any, Way like that. and all of them are liable to be correct so long as it's, you know one of like Wilson Williams London going first. like there's just there's so many different ways this receiver yeah. draft could get built out. I think Olave goes before
0: Burks. I, if you could like even bet that player versus player, mm-hmm. I would almost say Olave goes before Burks. And now you got Burks with Pickens, Dotson. I'm surprised Dotson's plus eight thousand. Not well. I mean, it's the first. He's not going to be the first. No, right, that's he's not why be the first. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would be interested to see if there's uh, you know, there's. I know some sites get really specific, and you can get yeah, like can go fourth wide receiver off the board and stuff like that. Yeah. And I would, I would almost assume these odds start to get a lot closer with Burks and Dotson and Skymore. Uh, probably not David Bell, maybe, but Christian Watson. I actually wasn't an ESPN yesterday that did Watson, or two days ago, they did Watson to the Packers with one of their picks in the first yeah. round. So, yeah, and, and that's really going to come. We already talked about with the first three wide receivers is you're going to have teams what they fall in love with and what they think is their best fit. Once you get down to somebody like Burks, you, know, you could argue fit, but, like, if you think about it, just and this is where you come into bringing the NFL team into this, when you have somebody like Alan Lazard, Herks is actually kind of similar to Lard, and has some similar concerns. So why would you do that when what we know what Aaron Rodgers likes is he needs a new Randall Cobb, Chris Olave. And then you see a lot of people having Olave, and if Olave's already gone, you see them actually pulling Dotson into the first round to them. So it's about fit at that point.
1: Fit, team, scheme. Falling in love with a player who we don't even realize all <sighs> these things are factors in making uh, the NFL draft so bettable and so much fun uh, to bet. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Jake Sealy. I am Michael Bellard. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.